This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. You come from a land down And welcome to the Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. You can probably tell by the music that I'm playing, I I may be heading down to Australia. Well, not me personally, but we're taking the show, in essence, to Australia. In just a few minutes, I'm bringing back a guest that I've had on a number of times before, George Christensen, a member of Parliament, and he is from Australia. And he's going to share with, with us in just a few minutes some of the craziness that goes on with the, with the virus in Australia. There's a country that has done something that no other country's attempted to do. That's to get down to zero cases and never have COVID in their country, which means I guess nobody can ever travel to or from Australia again by boat or air or any other way. It means locking down people when only a handful of cases exist in a country of millions of people. I'll be asking George about that in just a couple of minutes. Some of the things that I'm reading that are happening in Australia are rather disturbing. The things that I see happening in Canada. You've got uh, Justin Trudeau looking for a snap election. His minority party, he wants to move to majority status. And maybe he's observed how we run elections here in the United States. Hey, let's do mail-in ballots. At work for Joe Biden... Maybe it'll work for me. I'm very suspect if you you want to know the truth. Our world is changing, and it's not for the good. A lot of people keep saying, when this pandemic ends, when it's all behind us, when Corona is gone forever. And many people are beginning to say, maybe not so fast, friend. Maybe here. This bioweapon, in my opinion, released upon the world from China with the help of people like Dr. Fauci, Dr. Ralph Barrick. These names keep coming up. The Bat Lady, Peter Daszak, EcoHealth Alliance. All these names keep coming back. And I have to wonder, with all the changing narrative and all the out-and-out dishonest things that were said, total lies and fabrications, what are they trying to cover up? Generally, it's getting hard for them to keep the lies up and to keep changing and moving the goalpost. It's getting very difficult. We were told if we get the vaccines, the virus will go poof, it'll just disappear. Of course, we don't know how these vaccines are going to work because we're short-circuiting the normal 10 years trials. I've been learning from many experts that there has never been a successful vaccine in the history of vaccines for a coronavirus. They all fail in the long-range testing, every one of them, and they become dangerous to many that take them. And so here we are trying a big experiment, the biggest experiment of its kind. Everybody said if you get vaccinated and get your second dose, if you're doing the, the, the Pfizer or the Moderna, you're good to go. You can take off your face mask. Now you got to put it back on. And now 
Maybe maybe the two doses aren't sufficient. And I saw this on NBC News. Hey, the narrative changes again. Because the immunocompromised may not get the same level of protection from two doses of Pfizer or Moderna, they would be eligible for a third dose of either vaccine, though it's recommended they stay with the same manufacturer. There was no decision for those given Johnson & Johnson because there's not enough data. The CDC pointing to studies that show 40% of hospitalized brain Breakthrough cases involve those with weak immune systems, but the agency is not calling the third dose a booster. It's very clear the CDC is labeling this a third dose as appropriate because the first two doses were not adequate enough to get the full potential of immunity. Very different from a booster dose. Notice how the narrative is beginning to change. First, it's get vaccinated, be safe. You can take your mask off. Now, well, maybe maybe we're going to need a third dose. We're not going to call it a booster. <laughs> we're going to call it a third dose. Then we're going to call it a fourth dose. Then a fifth and a sixth. When does this end? Remember, we in this country and worldwide with these vaccines, this is a great experiment. These vaccines, if they receive approval in September... There'll be phony approvals because you're short-circuiting and you're throwing out the normal safety and testing process. Facebook lies to you every time somebody mentions something about COVID-19 and a vaccine. They always put up this little disclaimer or this little uh, bit of helpful information from that 20-year-old that rides around on a skateboard with tattoos and, and piercings in his nose who knows more about medicine than veteran doctors, and they tell you what to think. We're told these vaccines are safe. We're told these vaccines are effective. The truth is that it's beginning to come out that in time, their effectiveness is wearing off a lot faster than people ever expected. There's a lot of things about these vaccines that are very troubling. And when the inventor of messenger RNA technology is sounding a warning, we don't know the long-term ramifications to our human race. Why are we in such a panic to cover up this virus? Why are we in such a panic? Uh, why, why is Dr. Fauci con- continually changing the rules and trying to eradicate this virus? Maybe it's because he was involved in making it. Maybe he doesn't want the world to know the real dangers that this virus presented. And why do they they hide effective treatments? Because, see, when effective treatments become the norm, then all the emergency use authorizations disappear and we have to stop the rollout. Why is there a fight on proven things to go to experimental things on hopefully billions of people Why do we have to put everybody in potential harm's way? Because until we have the long-term studies, we're never going to know the long-term effect. My guest today on the program is my good friend, George Christensen, in Australia. We have a 14-hour time difference right now. 
So, George, welcome to the program, and and answer me this one question. I know you people are back in a lockdown, literally almost nationwide. So, so how long are you locked down uh, for this go round? Oh boy, oh boy! Uh, I actually am locked down. I'm locked down in Canberra, which is our nation's capital. And um, look, uh, the lockdown is supposed to be going until the third of September. Uh, I got to tell you, that's um, when the current sitting of federal parliament is scheduled to end. And then because Australia has been basically divided into a series of mini nations, our states and our mini nations, where you need uh, a visa to get into a state. Mm. If I go back to my home state, my home state where I actually live, I'm required to quarantine in a hotel for two weeks. So at your, exp- at your not, expense? I, it, at your expense? Well, uh, probably that's yet to be found out. But uh, at this rate, if we have a parliamentary sitting, and that's there's a bit of unsurety about that, but it might be a month before I see my wife and child in the flesh. Wow. That's, that's how crazy that this situation is in Australia. Well, let's put this in perspective because I'm looking around the United States. I'm looking at Canada. I'm looking at the United Kingdom. I'm trying to trying to keep abreast of all these worthless lockdowns, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call them for what they are. They're worthless. They really they haven't done anything except destroy economies, destroy the psyche of people, make them nothing but sheep. I mean, people are running around like this is 1930s Germany, in my opinion with all these leftists. And there's a difference between a liberal and a conservative and a leftist. A leftist Mm -hmm. does not believe in truth. A leftist has no honor. A leftist has no soul. A leftist has no decency inside of them. They are power hungry. And I'm going to go one step further and say those on the left are satanic. That's all they are. They are satanic. They want total control of your life, my life, their nation's lives, and they are blinded. They can't even see the truth anymore. They're blinded, and they are convinced of their own lies. Now, give us the numbers in Australia. What is the population of your country, and how many of these massive cases are you dealing with in your nation right now? Yeah, well, look, our population is uh, 26 million uh, people or thereabouts. Now, um, in terms of the very up-to-date latest cases, now, for most Australians, the number I'm going to say to you here is going to sound extraordinary because we've managed to uh, basically, uh, in an artificial way, because we're an island nation, uh, keep the virus out. But eventually, it was going to come. Today, there's been 440 uh, new cases, cases. and uh, so, so that's that's cases. Um, and is that, is that of, are those cases based upon the faulty PCR test? Yeah, they would be based upon the PCR test. That is correct. So, um, so out of that four, the, the number you gave, half of those people have zero symptoms, may have had the common cold, may have had the flu, may have had a number of things that we are now learning from even the CDC in the United States. By the way, the CDC says that after the end of this year, we can't use that test because it's not reliable. 
<laughs> but yeah, we're going to keep it, using. It, it, but we're going to keep using it. We're going to keep and, using and we, it for until uh, the end of the year. If it doesn't work, pull the plug now. Yeah. Well, look, I actually have written to uh, our health minister over here and asking him why we aren't using other forms of testing. I'm yet to find out exactly why, but um, you know, all that I know is that uh, the fact that faulty results come up, and I know for for a fact that people who do not have COVID-19 are getting positive test results back from these PCR tests. Mm -hmm. So um, all I can say that it's doing is elevating the numbers. But look, you know, without a doubt, we have COVID-19 on the rise in Australia. The point is that this was bound to happen. Uh, there were people who were living in la-la land here in Australia thinking that uh, we can stop a virus, that politicians and bureaucrats can go out there with uh, swords and shields and stop a virus from going through a country. Mm -hmm. uh, that is, <laughs> would be a remarkable feat if they achieved it, and I knew they weren't going to achieve it. And so uh, now we're getting the delay of what the rest of the world's actually experienced. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and the result is that, uh, the, you know, the politicians have egged this on, as have the bureaucrats who have never had so much power in their entire lives. So... They have, uh, through the media, which are also culprits, made the public feel that the only result that's uh, worthwhile is zero cases. Um, they want to stop this at all costs. And mm -hmm. so all costs is the uh, imperative here. They, they, are, they are simply shutting down all sorts of freedoms, lockdowns, um, lockdowns that are extremely strict now, not allowing people to go to cemeteries to see loved ones, not allowing children to go to parks, um, you know, uh, uh, shut down church services, of course. Uh, crazy thing in my state of Queensland, they actually shut down, uh, apparently inadvertently, if you can believe that, mm -hmm. they shut down even live streams of church services until someone pointed it out and they said, oh, no, no, they, we just made a typo there, uh, uh, you're allowed to no, there was no but, typo. Um, there was no typo. <laughs> that's that's not what. Look, the, it's yeah, what we've right. we've noted. No we, like I say, this goes. There is a leftist spirit. I'm going to call her for what it is. I have prayed about this and what is happening. This virus is being used to allow a leftist spirit to enter into our government. Every time a leftist spirit enters a a person or they they adopt that ideology. It becomes satanic. Look at look at Germany, World War II. How many lockdowns did they impose around the, the Europe during that time? The Soviet Union, same thing. China, the same thing. Total and absolute control. Plus, they spend decades, if they can, trying to brainwash the youth to be their followers. That's how Mao Zedong was able to purge his nation in the fifties and sixties. He used young people to do his dirty work because they were so yep. indoctrinated. And and I think we have that now among what I call the millennials in this country. They're 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 happy, most of them, to take this vaccine, which brings the next question. What is your, shall we say, total or full vaccination rate right now in your part of the world? Uh, I think the figure that I've just saw is that 10 million uh, doses have been administered. Um, mm -hmm which probably means that just under half of the overall population 
has had at least one one jab. Now, look, I, I'm you know I know that a lot of people have concerns about the vaccine, but my uh, issue with the vaccine is that it needs to be by choice, not by being mandated. And um, in this country, uh, supposedly, the uh, the vaccine is done by choice, voluntary vaccination program. Apart from, there are a whole heap of people that are calling for what they call vaccine passports. And I think that in mm-hmm. the US, they've uh, pulled this on in certain states as That's well. That's right. New York is one, California. Well, I can think of several. It's now being made a thing in Australia as of this week. West Australia, Western Australia um, has brought in uh, essentially a, a vaccine passport program where you need to show if you don't live in that state uh, that when you enter that state that you have uh, had, I think, at least one dose of the vaccine. Queensland, my home state, has also just brung that on. So now, uh, now we're just not sure whether this is for anyone entering the state or whether it's for non-residents entering the state because I'm in an interesting situation. Uh, I haven't been vaccinated. I mm-hmm. probably don't intend to be. And I'm going to want to go back home sometime in the next few weeks. That's right. So it'll be an interesting situation about whether or not I will be allowed in if I haven't been vaccinated. But there's more than just me. There's many, many more. I had a call from a builder this week that lives in Queensland and uh, was working on a hospital project uh, in New South Wales, another state. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's worried that uh, if he has to re-enter the state, he's going to uh, have to show that he is vaccinated. And he's not sure. He's not getting vaccinated. That's his own private medical decision. That's his right. He's not sure whether he will fall afoul of this new rule or not. So there's a lot of uncertainty going on. But what I'm certain about is that uh, there are people determined to bring in these vaccine passports, mm-hmm. which will have a lot of implications. It'll just, Obviously, it's... Uh, pretty much the case now with certain states you're not going to be able to cross state borders if you don't have this vaccine uh then it will be um as the push is it seems in the media because i see articles all the time and you know they run polls on facebook and all the rest of it uh, Mm -hmm. uh saying people uh should you have to have the vaccine to go to a sporting event so next thing major gatherings you are not going to be allowed to go if you cannot show your vaccine passport, then what's it going to go to? Is it going to go to bars and hotels and uh, coffee shops and restaurants, cafes? Uh, Where is the line going to be drawn? And the ultimate one is this. We now have several major companies which have come out and said that we are going to require our workers to be vaccinated. Well, here's Um, here's the problem that I have with that. All right, that's all well and good. You want people to get vaccinated that's your requirement for them to work but who's going to take the liability if the vaccine has a side effect or if the vaccine causes long-term damage we don't know this is one of the problems that i have with this vaccine Uh, well in in one of the states in australia i've seen the legislation which clearly puts it on the employer if there is an adverse reaction so uh they'll have to be aware aware of that but uh, look uh, uh, a far bit for me to uh uh, disagree with um, you being a very wise and sound uh, person, um, but I actually don't think that it's right that employers put that requirement mm-hmm. uh, on their on their workers. Uh, employees aren't 
chattel. Employees aren't the property of employers. Um, they simply work for them. And so uh, they should not be coming into the equation when it comes to private medical decisions. That's uh, right. I'm, I'm sorry, I just completely and utterly disagree. It's a, it's a worker's right whether or not they get vaccinated and it shouldn't be the employer imposing anything on them. So in my mind, I, I would actually like to see uh, laws passed which actually prohibit that uh, and prohibit a lot of other things when it comes to uh, forcing or coercing people into getting this vaccine. Again, it's just got to be by choice. I couldn't agree more because one of my problems right now with the vaccine is the things we don't know. Uh, this is not a reflection on the prior president who pushed for it. Uh, my concern is how the big pharmaceutical companies have dealt with this, knowing that Pfizer in the past has had to pay uh, some of the largest fines in U.S. history for some, shall we say, bad medications and bad behavior, that, that to me is a huge problem. And so we don't know the long-term effect. One thing we do know is a fact. This is a fact that people do not want to face. They have been trying to come up with a coronavirus vaccine for decades. In every case, when they're doing the legitimate long-term trials, the vaccines, every one, Everyone, not some, everyone has totally failed, especially in the long-term animal testing. Many of the animals did not live in the long run. So you're going to tell me that somehow we magically came up with a new way to do this, even though we've never tested it for three, four, or five years and 10 years like other vaccines. We've never gone through this testing, but take our word for it. We know this one is going to work. I don't know if I feel comfortable with the track record. And the other problem that I have that most nations are not wanting to face and this nation, my nation, needs to really face this. Why were the research scientists at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill? Why do people like, um, you know, Dr. Barrick, Ralph Barrick, what makes him think he can break the law and do gain of function, which is also known as gain of threat research, in a lab in Wuhan? In other words, we had a law that said you couldn't do this, so we took U.S. Yeah. money through a private third party to continue the research in China. Now, why are they playing with these viruses? Are they trying to make a bioweapon and also to have a vaccine for the good guys that if we deploy mm -hmm. it to protect us? There's something very wrong about this that nobody in the media wants to, to address. Where did this virus really come from? Why is everybody so worried about getting rid of it and going through all these extreme measures what are they trying to cover up? That is the question yeah. that I keep asking, and nobody well, wants to answer. It's a very, very good question. Uh, just to touch on the first point that you raised, look, people have a whole host of reasons why they don't want to get vaccinated. And again, that's their private, personal decision, and no one should interfere with it. But you've moved to the issue of the origins of the coronavirus. And um, look, I was saying what seemed to me from the evidence before us to be bleedingly obvious 17 months ago, and that was that this virus emerged from a laboratory in Wuhan. And, and when we uh, said that, when we said that, the <laughs> Facebook said, no, it did not. Twitter said, no, yeah, you can't say that. 
You know, they I, were in I, the I tank. Was, I was shouted down. I had the mainstream media saying that I was repeating bizarre conspiracy theories. Well, now we're here, as I said, 17 months on, and we've got uh, leading scientists from the World Health Organization actually saying, oh, you know what, um, <laughs> yeah, there was something a little bit uh, strange about that lab there in Wuhan. Um, you know, this is um, this just shows you that people who are demonised as conspiracy theorists uh, one day, the very next they're going to likely be proven right in this crazy, crazy world. Mm-hmm. So Australia has a link with this Wuhan lab as well. There were researchers in Australian universities and our own government scientific research institution, it's called CSIRO, the Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organisation. So they were actually doing and and were involved in some of these gain-of-function research uh, trials that were going on. Uh, intimately, intimately with the Bat Lady out of Wuhan and all the rest of them. So um, there is a great deal of concern about what Australian scientists and Australian universities were involved in with this Wuhan lab as well. And that's going to come out. We've got a remarkable, remarkable investigative journalist by the name of Shari Markson. Uh, She um, is about to release a book called What Really Happened in Wuhan, and I've got to tell you, it's without a doubt going to be an absolute and utter bestseller. She has blown the lid on a lot of the uh, the myths that were out there. Um, she was the one that proved uh, from footage that was uh, provided to her, uh, probably by whistleblowers, that um, uh, even though they claimed they didn't have live animals in that lab, she got footage showing that no, indeed they did. There were bats in that lab. Um, so, you know, uh, stay tuned for that book, a great Australian investigative journalist that's um, that's definitely going to be uh, hitting the big time with her work and exposing what happened in that lab. Right now we have to take a break, and I want you to hang in here. We'll be back in just a couple of moments. My guest today is Member of Parliament George Christensen from Down Under in Australia. And we're talking about the severe lockdowns and what is happening with the coronavirus, COVID-19, in Australia. We have a lot more on the other side. And I want to remind you, if you're listening to this program, we count on you to support it. And I want to thank the many people that have been writing me, calling uh, occasionally, and, and the emails that I'm getting on a regular basis for this program. Thank you for letting me know you listen to and support the work of Truth to Ponder. If you'd like to help out financially, you can do it from the website or you can uh, mail a check to Ancient Word Radio. That's our parent ministry, Ancient Word Radio or Truth to Ponder. And the check made out to Ancient Word Radio. And our mailing address is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. That's our secure box in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, And the zip code is 30537. That's zip code 30537. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The teacher's ovation. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. 
And when I was nine years old, I was taking piano lessons. It was the end of the school year and time for the recital. Now, all the students of my piano teacher were gathered together in a school auditorium. So the time came for me to approach the piano. As I went up to my piano, my teacher went up to her piano. Everybody thought it was because I needed extra help. My relatives figured, wow, he's so bad he can't play a piano alone. But it wasn't that way. It was a piano duet. It was an impressive piece, the third movement of Haydn's piano concerto in C. It was a sensation, a childhood moment of glory. At the end, I stood up and got a thunderous standing ovation. I went back to my seat. And I remember my, seeing my teacher stand up and give me honor, an ovation. What, see, one stands up in honor for one's teacher. Your teacher isn't supposed to stand up for you. But in the book of Acts, something extraordinary happens. The disciple Stephen is about to be stoned to death. He looks up to heaven. He sees Messiah standing at the right hand of God. And what's strange about that? It says Messiah is sitting at the right hand of God, not standing. So for him to be standing meant that he got up out of his seat in honor of his student. The teacher rising for his student. That's awesome. We've got a teacher who longs to honor his students. You're his student, my friend. Today, give him something to be proud about. Give him something for which your teacher can get out of his seat. Want more? Ask for the stones and the glory. Feeling like your walk with God could use a boost? We got the answer. Free subscription to Sapphire's warning, uses directed, can change your walk for victory. Also, the incredible book, The Mystery of the Temple, Doors All Free, you'll love it. How do you get all this? Just remember... Jesus' real Hebrew name, and that's how you get it. It's Yeshua. You dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll be so blessed, but call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, I invite you to minister with me in two of the most exciting ministries, to beam the word of life around the earth by shortwave radio, to every tribe and tongue, and to Israel, the Jewish people who gave you the gospel. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1, that's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct, I'd love to hear from you. Questions, comments, whatever you got, just write to the nice Jewish boy at Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. To write me direct, it's the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Until next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Shalom Alechem, my friend. Peace be to you. Give him something to stand up about. Bless you. In Messiah, Mashiach, Rabbeinu, our teacher. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I want to welcome you back to part two of Truth to Ponder for this Tuesday. I'll be back to my guest in just a moment, George Christensen, a member of Parliament down under in Australia. George has been a frequent guest on this program, I guess now six, seven months. We've talked from time to time about the world in general and also the things that are happening in Australia, which are so similar to what's happening in Canada, what's happening in England, all across Europe, and yes, the United States. There is a fear of this virus. There are activities around this virus that are very disturbing. I, would, I believe it's less today about public health as it is about people control. I can't get myself away from that thought. There are so many irrational things being done. We talked yesterday, and I mentioned it from NBC News. They they showed this little girl to make you so sympathetic. And, and do you remember when this little girl 
This is what she said. I'd rather wear, wear it because I don't want to get COVID. When I saw that on television, and every time I hear it, my heart breaks because the media has lied to her. Her school has lied to her. Dr. Fauci has let the lie continue. Her health department has lied to her. In other words, she's a victim. She's a victim of fear and lies because this little girl has been told if she wears her magic mask, she won't get COVID. I wear it because I'd rather wear it so I don't get COVID. There is not a study ever done that shows that wearing a mask prevents you from getting a virus. These two for a dollar mask you buy at Walmart or the little cloth ones you can buy, like breathing through a T-shirt, are thoroughly helpless in, in stopping a virus. The only thing ever implied about it by Dr. Fauci, and once again, the studies that have come out several since the beginning of the pandemic, that your mask protects me and mine protects you, even that is extremely suspect and doesn't pass any legitimate test. Yet we're running around with these face diapers on because, well, Dr. Fauci said so. And kids believe that these masks have a magical property. I get more angry at these these people that try to market masks on the label saying antibacterial. Like people can't tell the difference between a virus and a bacteria. A bacteria is a living organism about a thousand times bigger than a coronavirus. That's, that's the truth, plain and simple. A bacteria is a living thing. That's why when it gets into a Petri dish, it begins to grow. A virus in a Petri dish will not grow. It's that simple. So when these kids are shown a person coughing through a mask or without one, and somehow you grow something in a Petri dish, it has nothing to do with a virus. That's misleading. But then again, our government has moved so far to the left that truth no longer matters. Integrity no longer matters. Being an American is now not what it used to be. My guest today on the program, by the way, go to our website, truththenumber2ponder.com, truththenumber2ponder.com. Let me know you're listening to the program, and I thank you for your support. My guest, my guest today is George Christensen, member of parliament in Australia, and I was kind of surprised. I'm glad he still likes me because, you know, uh, now he's been on the Laura Ingram show, and I think tonight at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, he'll be on sometime again. And I'm looking forward to seeing him on the television myself tonight. But I want to thank George for taking the time to to be with me today and talk about what's happening in Australia. Now, uh, George, here's my question. We've seen on the television that you guys are going to some extremes we haven't quite gotten to yet in the United States. And please don't give them any ideas. Uh, is it true that the the military is now I- involved with keeping your country locked down? The military in Australia is certainly being used to patrol citizens. Uh, I am not in favour of that. I have advised the Prime Minister that I am not in favour. There are something like 750 troops that are on the ground in Sydney 
there's some that are, I believe, in Melbourne as well. Uh, and they are doing work hand-in-hand uh, hand with the police. Now, they're not armed, uh, uh, but still, they're out there in uniform doing um, what essentially is police work. And I just do not think that this is a good look. This is not the right thing to be doing. You do not deploy the military to police your own citizens. And um, I simply don't know why we're doing that, why, why we're doing that. You know, that, but, but it might have something to do with this. All of the premiers, uh, that's uh, the leader of a state akin to your governors, all of the premiers around each state, particularly in, in New South Wales and Victoria, are basically turning their states into police states uh, where protests aren't allowed, uh, people who organise gatherings are fined and arrested. Um, you know, way back you even had mothers being arrested in their own homes mm-hmm. in front of their children for mm-hmm. posting something on, on social media yeah. about a protest. Yeah, you can't it's, even. Uh, you're not even allowed to have an opinion. I, when did when did Australia forfeit their rights and give up their freedoms that were guaranteed to them? Uh, by your nation's constitution? When did they walk away? Well, that's a good question. We don't have a Bill of Rights like the United States, but we do have some implied constitutional rights. And i got to say that most of them are being trampled on right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, The right to political communication is supposed to be inherent in our constitution. And the right to movement, uh, freedom of movement, between states is also there in the constitution, and, that, and that's but happening. It's not being adhered to, and that's happening now. Even in Germany, there be, you know you can have certain kind of rallies and gatherings, but it is now you can't march against their coronavirus responses. I mean, that is now oh, illegal in Germany. We we we, we, ha- we had that. That is there. The proof is there to see. I mean, we had. I mean, for an American incident. We had Black Lives Matters protests in Australia. Mm-hmm. Now, go go figure. Something happens in the US, but uh, we get people on the streets in Australia protesting about it. I believe all it's because mar- it's just it's just it's all just, left. It's just leftism. It's you know, in other words, yeah, it it's exported. It's Marxism. it's Marxism, leftism. That's all it is, and they they need to use that to you know put. I really believe that fear has been the greatest motivator of government on their people. They want people Mm. to be in fear of the government, to then always be obedient. And I think many leaders, this is my opinion, I'm speaking for myself, I believe Mm. that people like Mayor Lightfoot up in uh, Chicago, I, I believe that Governor Newsom, who I pray is recalled next month, and others, yeah. these 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 people are so committed to the left, they now have this this literally, they're drunk on power. Uh, Governor yeah, Cuomo, yeah. who soon to be former Love Gov Cuomo, uh, <laughs> who knows what he's going to be doing uh, in the near future, but he was held out as the epitome of how to respond to the coronavirus, and they mm-hmm. were draconian. Uh, they had some of the highest numbers. They, you know, they wonder yeah. why their case numbers are low now. I can tell you why. Because so many people had the virus a year ago, they now have built-in immunity. That's why. That's what they really they're, they're relying on. And I don't know why they want to vaccinate those that have already had this virus. That makes zero sense. Because if anything, you may risk you may risk the inherent uh, body's response 
to not get it again if you vaccinate. This is one thing that many a doctor is concerned about. Why vaccinate those that are recovered? Well, I'm not over there in the U.S., but wasn't Cuomo the one responsible for uh, the disaster that unfolded throughout aged care homes? That's right. uh, Nursing homes. Thousands. I would have thought... I would have thought that he should have got sacked for that or at least resigned over that rather than the sex scandal. No, anyway, no. Uh, well, you know. Whatever floats your boat, he's gone. But see, once the media held him out as the best example on coronavirus, they can't undo that narrative because that destroys their credibility. Because the media has yeah. been in the United States a willing player. They want to be at the table. They want to be at the adult table, so to speak, and among the elites that run the world. Look, uh, look at is- Including in Australia, can I just uh, actually mm-hmm. jump in there and just say uh, back to the Black Lives Matter protest? Uh, uh, we had the police turning a blind eye to these protests, which happened in June last year. Mm-hmm. Now, that was when people were still sort of unsure about what direction this pandemic was going to take. Could right. it really be as bad as what was said? Or, and, and let's be, or is it just a fizzer? And let's, um, re- let's remind people that that was wintertime in Australia. That it was wintertime in Australia, so here we had all of these protests, all these Marxists out in the street about something that happened over in the United States, and the police just let it go ahead. The police let it go ahead. They didn't arrest too many people, only people that were violent. Uh, they let it go ahead. The premiers, some of them tutted about it, but uh, no, no, it was fine. And then the media, you mentioned the, the fake news media, the media got on and started saying something to the effect of, Ah, well, there wasn't a single case that came out of these protests. And you know why? Well, it's because the virus doesn't really transmit that well outdoors. Mm -hmm. Well, fast forward a year onwards or more, and there's people out in the streets protesting against the lockdowns, protesting against the removal of their freedoms. Mm -hmm. And the media is screaming, screaming at people, saying, uh, these people are terrible. They're spreading the virus. How awful are they? They're going to be responsible for deaths. The police are out in the streets uh, tackling people, um, mm-hmm. tasing them. I saw that uh, on uh, – I saw the videos. I, and you've got state leaders that are condemning these people as if they were Nazis. I mean, uh, uh, a lot of these people are just average workers who are – fed up with lockdown, they've seen their livelihoods destroyed, their lives ruined, their relationships ruined, Um, they want to return to normalcy. And Mm -hmm. it's got to happen. It's got to happen sooner or later because what's infected my country and has destroyed freedom in my country is the thought that somehow politics is going to lead to a virus being eradicated. Which it will is not, not lead to a virus no, being eradicated. Never. In fact, right now, uh, and, and I, I know you've got an issue with the vaccines, but the developer of the AstraZeneca virus, uh, that vaccine, I should say, the developer of the AstraZeneca vaccine uh, told a UK parliamentary committee just last week that the virus is moving from pandemic to endemic. That's right. And we've got to live with COVID. So pandemic to endemic, and we've got to live with COVID. He's not the only top expert that's actually saying that. Right throughout Europe, mm-hmm. they're saying the same thing. And you know why? Well, they're saying it because the vaccine doesn't seem to be as effective as thought uh, with the Delta strain. And so um, people who 
have been vaccinated are still getting the virus. That's right. Uh, they're still coming down with it, and they're still transmitting. So uh, if people think that somehow reaching some magic number, which they've applied in Australia of 70% of your population being vaccinated, is just going to mean that the coronavirus is going to disappear in a puff of air. Uh, well, That's I think right. they've got another thing coming. Uh, because other countries that have achieved those uh, vaccination rates have still got cases, they've still got hospitalizations, and they've still got deaths. Mm -hmm. Israel, look at the stats there. Still got hospitalizations, still got cases, still got deaths. And guess what? About 80% of the figures that I saw, 80% were people who were vaccinated. Go over to mm -hmm. Iceland. It's a similar story. That's right. They've achieved a massive reduction in the deaths, and that's good, but they've still got serious hospitalizations. Perhaps what's helped uh, them over there is getting on top of it with all of the critical needs in hospitals. And Gibraltar, the, the little tiny island of Gibraltar, there's more people vaccinated in Gibraltar than actually is the population of Gibraltar. I don't know how that's been, been possible, but perhaps they've got foreign residents that actually live there as well. Anyway, Gibraltar has seen a surge in cases again mm -hmm. and a surge in hospitalisation. So i just come back to my main point. It's endemic, and people haven't switched to that yet. Uh, this is going to become like the flu. And I told my parliament and was roundly condemned for it by all sides of politics. I said to my parliament, we are going to have to switch to living with COVID instead of in fear of it. You know, I listened to that when you sent it out as a video and I saw that video and I could hear the groans, moans and, and objections in the air when you said that. And and you're but, crazy. But but the thing is you're right. And and I read enough material. I've been doing this now since the beginning of the pandemic because of my work back then in emergency management. So I, I get it. I understand the issue that we're dealing with. And a lot of people don't. There's this assumption because they call it a vaccine. This is just me talking now. I can't I'm not putting words in your mouth. This is something that I have learned. We call these a vaccine, but technically they are not. Um, they're also in the United States under emergency use authorization, which means if there's an alternative way to treat this, the authorization disappears. And that's why when anybody talks about ivermectin, when anybody talks about what's called the math protocol put together by doctors that has had the most incredible rate of success, you get Facebook, you get Twitter, you get YouTube, you get some 20-year-old kid that rides around, you know, literally on his, uh, on his skateboard. He's the guy that decides, well, that's misinformation. What does yeah, he know? Yeah. You get a doctor with 100%. 40 or 50 years experience saying, now, just wait a minute. We can treat this, and they do it successfully, where they reduce deaths by 85%. They reduce hospitalizations by 85%, which is putting us back to the flu. And yeah. if you if we did this, we could control the virus in our nation. And as some said, some of these coronaviruses over time, one of my doctor friends, who's an actual physician, been doing it for 40 years. He had COVID last year, had a rough bout because he has asthma, but he survived. He told the hospital he was in to move him out to a place he knew he could be properly treated. And now he's among us still. 
and he and I were talking, and one of the things that is often forgotten, every time there's a new variant, what does the media say? A new, more deadly variant is going to come to our nation. Isn't that the way they always uh, try to let you believe that it's yeah. going to be worse? You, yeah, know, you know what this doctor right. said? He said, this goes against everything I ever learned in medical school and every seminar ever since. Viruses like a coronavirus, what they tend to do is they mutate to become more contagious, but they don't kill the host anymore. And we can treat them. And the more they mutate over time, the less, uh, the less bad symptoms you're going to get. It just may be more infectious. And once you hit that certain point where you're really not spreading it, because people are not getting any of the um, really symptomatic cases, these viruses could theoretically snuff out over time. But we're busy trying to play games with these things, and we're trying to lock down. I really believe it goes to a motive where those that are the creators of the virus are trying to cover their tracks because what they have done is illegal. I don't think Dr. Fauci should be put out there on TV anymore because he is, in my opinion, the father of the virus, the wizard of COVID, and he's busy trying to cover his tracks for the things that he did that went against United States law. And no one's going after him. This is my issue. And those that were involved, like the EcoHealth Alliance, uh, like Dr. Barrick, Ralph Barrick at University of North Carolina, these names, along with the Batwoman, keep coming up over and over again. But nobody wants to look at that. They want us to all just look at getting the vaccine and let's do our part. Let's quarantine. Let's, you know, (laughs) roll up your sleeve. We can do this. And none of this is going to do any good in the long run because we're finding out now that these vaccines fade out after about six months. And we have to get, are we going to get boosters twice a year for this stuff? Three times a year? Is that where this is heading? They're talking about now third shots. Uh, well, look, I, I, I don't know where all that's heading, but uh, boy, you've you've certainly um, you've certainly thrown down there, uh, uh, Bob. The, <laughs> the 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 thing that you said though, the stats actually prove that this is less lethal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw data out of Public Health England, which showed that uh, this was, I think, about half half as fatal. That's uh, right. Delta strain as the original strain. So, but the media we, will we never the that. media will um, never admit that. They'll say there's a new no, strain. It's going to be more infectious, which means it'll be more deadly. Your child will die. Grandma will die. You will die. That's right. And then we and have the pho- and then the phony face mask. I mean, one thing we <laughs> something that nobody these paper masks that you buy in the United States two for a dollar at Walmart. And and they yeah they're good for bacteria, but as I said yesterday. A bacteria is 1,000 times bigger than a coronavirus, and a mask can barely stop a bacteria. How do you think it's going to stop a virus? Then I played yeah. this little audio cut of a little child, about like seven or eight, wearing a face mask, standing outside of a school, saying, I wear this mask because I don't want to get the virus. I don't want well, co- I don't want to get COVID. They believe the mask is a magic mask that protects them. And I'm going to say this. Yeah. The people that have led people to believe something that is not true like that should be sacked, fired, and disposed of out of government. And we have Fauci the fraud who told people in emails early on, a face mask we know from all the research ever done is worthless. 
But now he talks about wearing, well, wear two, maybe wear three. I mean, what what kind yeah. of nonsense is this? As you lower a child's oxygen rate, I call that child abuse. And I think that this whole face covering thing is nothing more than medieval shaming. I mean, that's all it's become. You know, we wear that to be subjective. And then the authorities yeah, can see, we, you know, the authorities can see who's compliant and who's not. This is what yeah. it's come down to. Listen, we're going to well, run out of time uh, here in a couple of minutes, but I want you to okay. give what what kind of closing things. And I guess, by the, and as I said before, I'll be looking for you again on the Laura Ingram program. <laughs> I felt okay. honored that I'd had you on a few times before she even knew who you were. So, uh, Well, I'm going to be on again today, so it's yep. going to be great. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, look, what, what I'd say is that we're tracking exactly like you guys. Our, uh, our version of the FDA, we call it the TGA. Um, they have only provisionally approved these vaccines. But mm-hmm. I, I'm just, uh, I, it's its interesting where this interview has gone because we've talked about uh, alternative treatments and we've talked about uh, masks not working. Well, that sort of stuff means that I'm not going to be able to post this interview on Facebook. And that's another area altogether. Yep, yep. Uh, I, 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 for, for that, what, I, what you just said about masks there, which is proven. There are studies that have proven repeatedly that they don't work. Um, you know, they have little effectiveness in, in controlling the spread of viruses. That's right. For saying that, I got condemned by both sides of politics in my country and I got censored on social media. So we live in a time where we can't even point out the truth anymore and you wonder why people are living in fear. They are only hearing one side of the story, and the side of the story is just fear, fear, fear being pumped into them by opportunistic politicians, by the fear porn spreading media, and uh, all other t- alternative viewpoints are just simply eradicated uh, pretty much by the hand of big tech. Um, I'm not sure where we go, but we've got to wake people up. So more power to you in the... Uh, in the podcast that you continue to put out and the radio uh, show that you continue to be all over the world, Bob. Well, thank you for the compliment, George. My guest today, George Christensen, Member of Parliament from the land down under Australia. And uh, George has been a frequent guest on this program, and I want to thank him for taking the time. There's like right now a 14-hour time difference uh, between Australia and the United States. So trying to coordinate a time that works for both of us is is often not easy but i want to thank him for making that time today Uh, we first met actually george and i first got to know each other when he invited me to be a guest on a podcast he was producing this is before i even started the program truth to ponder that particular podcast dealt with matters of faith and and how we live our faith in this modern world And then as everything became so insane about COVID-19, government lockdowns, the 15 days to flatten the curve became three months, then four months. Then you get some of your freedom back, mask, well, they work, they don't work, wear three. Everything we've been through, the changing narrative, this is a worldwide issue. Why is it such a worldwide issue? Why is there such fear about this virus? Why do people like Dr. Fauci keep moving the goalpost and changing their mind, changing the narrative literally every couple of weeks? We were told 
Get the vaccine, take off your mask. Well, now get the vaccine and keep it on. Maybe put four on. Maybe the virus was be prevented by all of us wearing a mask, all of us getting vaccinated, all of us staying at home. It, it never seems to end, and I don't think it will. What I'm afraid of in Canada, you've got this snap election coming up, and I'm afraid what's going to happen in Canada is what happens in the United States. Mail-in balloting is ripe for fraud. And why would Justin Trudeau put everything on the line to have this sudden election in Canada? Maybe he is trying to get a majority because, remember, he's in the minority at the moment. And I think they feel with a little bit of what we did in the U.S., in Canada, that'll push him over to have a majority because I think a lot of Canadians are getting fed up with some of the corona nonsense going on in Canada. When is enough enough? We're never going to eradicate this virus by shutting down businesses, shutting down our livelihoods, destroying our child's education and and their, their mental health. That's not how you fight a virus, my friend. The way our government is doing it is to beat us down, make us subjects to a totalitarian authority. Somehow... We have a total insane or dementia-ridden president in the United States. I don't think he won legitimately, and I believe the reprobates that are running the administration and holding him out as a puppet is one of the greatest dangers our nation has ever faced. I'm just going to come out and say it. We are in deep trouble in this country from our leadership that cannot be trusted You watch the debacle in Afghanistan. That's not how you exit. We don't have a repeat of Saigon. Yet this administration is flat out incompetent, and it's run by reprobates, people that really do not have your best interest at heart, but their own personal power. We'll pick up these themes tomorrow. If you believe in the work of Truth to Ponder, would you consider helping us financially? to pay for the airtime, I want to expand the amount of shortwave reach that we have. I think that it's getting even more vital as we see these days getting darker and darker and trying to get the light of truth out. And most important, the truth of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is more required than ever. We are in a time of a great falling away. We are at a time that the Bible predicted of literally a mass insanity. And we're seeing it right before our very eyes. Listen, things like this have happened in the past. Look at World War II, World War I, the plagues, everything. But today we see it on a global scale. And we see formerly, shall we say, free governments no longer being free. If you believe in this work, would you consider a gift? Our mailing address is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. That's number 263, our secure box, in Sky Valley, Georgia. Two words, Sky Valley, state is Georgia. Zip code is 30537. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com.
Truth to Ponder, Shining the Light of Truth in a Darkening World.